today is about to be so good because I know for you, mama, that nutrition, you know, it's the main thing when it comes to losing weight, but it's so confusing sometimes and overwhelming. And we're sitting here trying to learn this new role as a mom and we're getting all this messaging and it can get so confusing. So we're bringing it home today. We're making it literally bringing it home. We're making it simple and you get to hear all of this and learn all of this from an expert in the field of nutrition from Addie Delaney Minerich. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist in the state of Texas and Florida. She's also a mom of a little boy who's almost two, a wife, and she's got a health, uh, a family history of chronic lifestyle diseases. And so her, her passion deep down and what she does in her work, what she specializes in is lifestyle disease reversal and prevention. And she does it in such a holistic way. She does so through promotion of a plant-based diet and just how everything plays into nutrition and how we approach it and our mindset and our habits and keeping it simple. In today's conversation, we went there. We went to all the places. It is This, this interview is going to bless you so much, and I cannot wait for you to hear from Addie um, just a little bit more about her so you get a bit more of her background. And you're going to hear her story, and I think my favorite part of today's conversation is when you get to hear her background, because she's not this, this RDN who had this perfectly paved path of health and nutrition, and she always had it figured out. She struggled and she had to work through things and figure it out. And it was messy for her. And she had body image issues and she had issues with food, but she overcame those. And so I'm excited for you to not just learn from her today, but also hear her story and hear how she went through different things that I think almost every woman out there can probably relate to on some level. It's so encouraging. And, and I know it will give you a feeling of hope that, yeah, you might be in the messy middle right now of trying to figure out nutrition and how to set a good example that isn't this restrictive, good food, bad food. But I mean, man, we just talk about all this and it's going to give you hope that even if you're in the messy middle right now, there is a way through it and it can be simple. And we're getting all of that goodness today from Addie. She's also a proud alumni of WVU, West Virginia University. So go Mountaineers. We both graduated from there around the same time. And um, we're both athletes at the university. It's kind of a funny connection how we ended up getting to know each other actually through FCA and her now husband and just such a small world. But she's got a bachelor's in exercise physiology and human nutrition and foods and a minor in uh, strength and conditioning. So she's got that well-rounded just viewpoint when it comes to fitness and nutrition. And she um, also now enjoys long distance running. And just a few days ago, before we had our, our interview, uh, ran a half marathon. So she's amazing. And she just loves trying out new recipes. She loves strength training. She loves running and serving the people that she serves. And she's going to serve you so well today. I cannot wait to get into this, a little preview of our conversation. So you don't miss a beat and you know what to expect here. Um, We talk about how your relationship with food and body image go together. We talk about cravings and processed foods and how that affects your gut microbiome, which that stuff just blows my mind. It is so cool. We also talk about why cooking at home is important. Um, when it comes to weight loss, kind of where to start, where to focus. And if you're ready to dive into nutrition, how to start, like where to start, because that can feel really complicated, but where to start and how to make it simple. I mean, man, she, 
she makes it just so simple. And I really appreciate her perspective on all this. It's going to be so good. Um, And then last but not least, probably the most important to us as moms is how can we set that example for our kids in a way that we're walking the walk and talking the talk and setting an example for them that ultimately we want them living out when they're our age. And ultimately that we're there for the long run because nutrition is the foundation of health long-term. So I'm going to stop talking and we're going to get to this interview because it was so good. It was so, so good. I also just want to remind you that anything you hear in today's conversation is not medical advice. Please consult with your physician if you do have a medical condition or anything you're concerned about or wanting to change or implement if it might affect your health. So so I'm just going to leave that there. Let's get into this combo. Hey mama, welcome to the tough love mom podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight. And you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies. 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency, and working on my mindset, I lost it all in just over a year both times, and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen, and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. I am so excited to have you on today, Abby. Really excited to dive into prenatal and postpartum health through the lens of nutrition, uh, breaking the diet cycle, and talking about the role that nutrition plays not just in preventing lifestyle diseases, but as moms of little ones, how we can set ourselves up now because, I don't know, just for me personally, like the next generations are staring at me at the fa- in the face at all times, 24 seven. And I'm just like, I want to be around for a long time. And nutrition is the foundation of that. Um, I also hear a lot of concerns from moms who are starting to get intentional about their health now that they're setting the example, but they want to do it in a healthy way, but their mindset's still stuck in the good food versus bad food and rules and diets. And it's, it's so much to have to break through even though their, their motives are good and their motives are for health and holistic health. So I'm really excited about this conversation and the moms listening are just going to be so blessed by you today. So, um, before we get into all the goods, can you take us back into what got you interested in pursuing nutrition and how you got where you're at today? Like what you do, how you help people and what just sparked that passion in you? Yeah, absolutely. And for starters, let's go Mountaineers. Amen. uh, There we go. And that's kind of a big part of what got me started. So um, we'll tie into that. But uh, I'm a daughter of a cardiologist. Um, So my mom um, is also a WVU grad, um, undergrad and alum. And I grew up going to uh, 
work with her in the summers, uh, hospital rounds with her on the weekends. And I just think she's the most incredible human being ever. Um, and I always wanted to be like her. I knew I wanted to help people. I love how she interacted with her patients. You know, one of the mottos, and I work with her now, um, one of the mottos within our practice and what it has always been is I, I'm going to treat my patients like I would treat my family because that's what it needs to be within family practice. Um, and so I just saw her live that life always. Um, when I was in third grade, she started running marathons. And so I started seeing the physical activity side to it. I was always in sports, um, but I, I knew that that was kind of a calling I wanted to either fulfill for a while. I thought through med school and I kind of went back and forth a little bit through that, uh, but uh, I wasn't quite sure kind of how I was going to do it. Um, I started off at uh, undergrad Emory University on the pre-med track. And I was a three season athlete in high school and then I stopped. Right. So I had tinkering, you know, around with the idea of doing college athletics, but decided to go to Emory, um, do more focus on academics and, uh, I, I, you know, college got the best of me. I'll, I'll just put it as I sewed my oats and I sewed them well in Atlanta and I ran, occasionally I did some half marathons without training. Um, so they were painful. Um, but I, I put on a lot of weight and I had always struggled through high school with some significant body image issues, which I think, um, a lot of women can, can attest to, um, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, that's kind of the prime age and it wasn't necessarily anybody close to me who made me feel that way. Um, I don't know if it was media. I don't know, you know, the comparison bug gets in you or, or what caused that. Um, but I struggled really hard with nutrition. Um, and I went during college years, those first two years and tried about every diet secretly, never talking to anybody about it. Um, diet pills, it, kind of spiraled from there, pretty much undiagnosed eating disorder, um, binging to purging all the things, um, you know, very restrictive eating. I mean, you name it, I tried it, nothing worked. And, um, I was 40 pounds, 30, 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And I have an awful family history. So, uh, anything from heart disease, diabetes, cancers, you name it, I got it on both sides. And I was starting to actually feel those pre-diabetic feelings of low blood sugars and hormones all over the place. And it was just kind of a wreck. Um, I was trying to also figure out what I wanted to do. And I, at this exact same time, my nunny. Uh, my grandma was diagnosed with lymphoma and I had just decided that I was going to transfer because I always wanted to go to WVU uh, and I wanted to transfer to West Virginia University and that spring I got my acceptance and then I also found out that my nanny back in Florida had lymphoma. At that time we decided as a family uh, through her cancer treatments and then research my mom had been doing on her own uh, that we were going to transition to a plant-based diet as a whole family to help uh, her within her treatment process and remission, hopefully remission at that time, um, and try to just give her all, the best chance that she could by totally transforming you know, our, our intake as a family. And we never ate 
you know, quote unquote bad, um, you know, tons and tons of home cooking, uh, but you know, the, the extra oils, extra salts, extra fats, things that just creep in. Um, and so, and she had had diabetes and things like that again, horrible family history. So that's kind of when I started thinking, okay, I'll, I'll switch my food. And I definitely started with, okay, I'm going to support her. This is also my, how my family is going to eat now. Um, but then kind of the animal advocacy side is what kind of tinkered me there. But then I started to see a change in myself little by little. And I saw the dramatic effect it had on her treatment process, how she kept her strength, how we didn't have any, you know, with her being immunocompromised, not having any of that really as a factor within illnesses, within the food we were bringing in. And she just stayed really strong. And thank God, you know, we, we entered the remission phase and I started up at WVU and I was still more of a junk food vegan, as we like to call it, um, with what I do within my practice. Um, you know, I was doing like the processed meats and cheeses and it wasn't anything like it is today. Um, you know, what we had out there was very limited, but, uh, I wasn't doing it whole food plant-based and I'll kind of talk about that hopefully a little bit later on how I distinguish the two. Um, but so I transferred to my alma mater or not now my alma mater, um, to my mom's alma mater. And I got an email asking, uh, for all freshmen and transfer transfer girls, women. Um, if you ever did an endurance sport like endurance sports or want to try to be an athlete and be a part of the WBU community, come on, try out for the rowing team. I had never touched an oar or stepped foot in a boat in my life, um, but I was obsessed with WVU since I was little. We went and traveled to all the bowl games. We went, we had family in Morgantown Stilts, where I'm originally from. I was born in Pittsburgh. We grew up um, for the first five years of my life in Morgantown before moving to Florida. So we had ties there. We went back. It was my home away from home. I mean, almost heaven. You don't get a bigger fan than me. I will compete against anyone. <laughs> um, and so I was like, man this is awesome. I can go and be an athlete and be a mountaineer and wear that Jersey, you know, uni didn't know even at that point what we wore at the time and try out for this. So I started and I started seeing the changes in how I looked and felt without really trying, if you will. So I incorporated that exercise side to it, which I think we all need because it gives you that active aspect to health. So you feel like you're actively working to something and then the nutrition side. And I started to lose the weight and again, not, but not in the dieting fashion that I had before. So it was really starting to change and shift how I felt about nutrition that next summer, uh, I was trying to make up for, I found out that I got on and it was a, it's a whole year try on process for novice rowers. And that summer, uh, I started to work more with the sports dietitian that we have at, um, WVU with access to, and I was taking summer classes and I was like, you know, I'm going to work with her. I'm going to see, you know, what I can do. I didn't know what a dietitian was. Um, but that's when I started to really even more so shift with the purpose that food had. So I wasn't just eating to eat calories, which I kind of had done that first year rowing, but like, how am I fueling for my goals? And that shift in mindset was so huge because it made food positive. It made it a tool versus an obstacle. And I really refined my intake that summer. 
um, dropped really the rest of the weight. So, uh, you know, I think I started at 165 when I walked on in the, in the fall, when I first transferred and finished my rowing at like 138 and had not been lifting. So obviously added some muscle and was very, very active, you know, within the, the rowing scene. And then I just, it just kind of leveled off there without trying. And with plant-based nutrition and focusing on the types of foods I was looking for, it wasn't such a guessing game, you know, what's causing this, you know, why can't I get this to work? It just started to fall into place. Um, so I was currently doing ex-biz, uh, really liked the dietitian, uh, became a role model for me, loved her team. And I was like, I called my mom, like, and I, identity crisis, I guess. I was like, I don't think I want to go to med school. I don't think I want to do PT. I don't know what to do. And she's like, why don't you think about becoming a dietitian? And I was like, I just spent four years with this ex-fist degree. What the heck? Like, I'm going to have to go back and, and figure out what this is. So I met with um, her name is Nettie, um, the dietitian. And uh, also she hooked me up with some really great professors in the nutrition department who became more mentors for myself and figured out what I needed to do to add on another bachelor's in just a year because I had just gotten engaged as well <laughs> and uh, figure out how to do that. So I ended up tagging on uh, a nutrition degree with my ex-phys and strength and conditioning minor. And um, then applied for a dietetic internship before we can get licensure and was able to get a distance option to be able to travel to wherever my at then point fiance was a strength and conditioning coach, um, what his job would take us. And the, the rest is a uh, kind of history. I hope that wasn't too long winded for you. I'm a chatty gal. So <laughs> no, that was so awesome. And it's refreshing to hear. It's not like, Oh, you grew up healthy and you are healthy. And so this was the clear path. It's like, no, you went through the struggle and yeah. the on like, just not knowing and not understanding and trying to navigate this all yourself too, because I think every single woman, every person goes through that at some point, some might still be in the thick of that and not quite have the way out or the understanding. And yes, like you have an amazing mom who's so knowledgeable about health in general as a cardiologist. And, you know, you had that as a reference point throughout, but you still had to figure this out on your own in some capacity, um, and trial and error. I think we yeah. all go through that. It's like, okay, we can, someone else can be doing it the right way and show us the way. And even someone right. as close to us as our mom, right. you know, some of us had that and some didn't, but like you had that, but you still right. had to figure it out on your own and it was messy. Yeah. And so it's refreshing yeah. to hear that for someone who's, you know, at the point you're at now to be able to reflect back and hear all that. It's just like, okay, I have, I have hope, you know? Right. And I, and I try this a lot to all my clients, you know, the food part, I can tell you what to eat. And I, I hate making diet plans for that reason, because mm -hmm. I can tell you what to eat. It's, it's not, you know, I, I speak with educated, you know, intelligent individuals. We all are. I mean, we're, a lot of us are raising human beings. Um, you know, we can, we can get the concepts, but it's your relationship with food. It's your lifestyle. It's, you know, yeah. what, what's going on between the ears aspect of it. You know, there's so much more to it than food. And that's, you know, something that I was just talking with someone the other day. It's like, when you see someone at their end point, 
you see the good, right? You don't, and you're like, well, why can't, what's wrong with me? You know, at least that's how I get, you know, or why can't I be like that? And it's like, well, they had to go through a lot of mud to get there. And that's okay to be going through that um, and to kind of push through it. But yeah, no, no, there was a lot of mud, a lot of mess. (laughs) And I am not perfect. And it's not about being perfect either, you know, but definitely thankful for, for, to be where I'm at. Yeah. How did, so you're a mom now, Mm -hmm. um, you guys have moved a few times and you're past that, like just graduated, have, you know, closer to that end point of you're figuring it out. It's starting to make sense. You're a few years past that you've got a little boy, you are still super active and obviously in a really good point with all of this right now. So how has, you know, after after getting into rowing and the pieces starting to like click in your head with nutrition and how that plays in and going down the path of becoming a registered dietitian. And, you know, now at the point you're at now as a mom, how has your relationship with food changed since then? And since becoming a mom and with body image as well? It's so it's, it's been, you know, (laughs) I love my little boy as we all do. And I, but I, I would get emotional talking about it because he has, changed me in so many ways. Um, but so, um, no, but he truly has. So I even struggled. I had, you know, I was consistent with my weight, but I still had the doubt of, is the weight going to come back? Um, you know, what if I miss up here, you know, what's going to happen then? And I was still looking in the mirror a lot at what I was physically seeing versus focusing on what I was physically doing. And I had so much worry there and I don't know why or where that comes from, but I, I struggled for a good bit about it. Motherhood and pregnancy. And I was, I was fit. So I got into marathon running and endurance running after that. And that was a huge aspect for me to actively be training for something. Um, and that just empowerment feeling, but motherhood, man, pregnancy. Um, I loved my childhood um, and prenatal nutrition rotation I did. Um, you know, if I wasn't doing what I was doing now, I think that would be the route that I would have taken, um, with the community focus that that has, um, but focusing on, and that's what I think motherhood does for you. It makes you focus on something other than yourself and outside of yourself. And so that, I mean, one, I just found it completely, you know, intriguing how we are growing this person and all that it takes to do that Um, and making sure that I was meeting not just my needs, but the needs that he also had to have met Um, and do it in a proper way. Cause I knew again, what that family history was for me. And I didn't want to be a sick mom. I didn't want to be a mom who was obsessed with the scale. I wanted to be and, and at the time we didn't know, you know, when you first get pregnant, you don't know what you're having. And I didn't want to be a mom either that if I was having a girl or boys, cause I mean, Hey, men deal with this too, um, was passing down this negative, anxious, you know, weight issue. I, I needed to figure it out. So I even more so dove into the food and how that was working. Cause I started to get anxious, like, okay, I'm in like the best shape of my life, but I'm pregnant. I'm going to have to put on weight and I'm going to have to be okay with it. And my activity, my goal was to run until I couldn't. And that's what I did. And I was so happy about that. But I was like, okay, my activity, that's, that's going to slow down too. So, you know, how do I manage that? And I just kind of took it. And, and that, that was, I, I almost can't even explain when the biggest shift was for me, but I almost took it like a race plan. 
like, okay, these are my trimesters. These are my goals. This is the intake I need to be focusing in on. And just having that outward goal beyond myself of your child totally transformed how I looked at it. And I think also being totally blown away at our body and what it can do. Like it was just, it's one thing to watch a friend or watch a client or, or, or a, you know, somebody go through pregnancy, but when you feel that and experience it yourself, I mean, it's, it is a miracle, you know, for starters, uh, you know, God did an amazing thing with our bodies. And, and yeah. I think that really kind of made it so positive for me too. It's like, you know, I, what you fuel really, again, I needed that reminder really has an impact on your health, but then also your kid's health. And I was like, okay, I got to get my mind right. I got to get my mental game there um, and get in with this, this race plan for pregnancy. And I think that was a very big shift for me. And then, you know, having Caleb, then it's like, okay, I got to get the weight off. And I remember my mom telling me, cause she's like, I know this is going to be hard. She's like, but you can't, you're not going to get it off tomorrow. You need to eat. I was nursing and I had a golden nurse to 18 months, just my personal goal. Um, and she's like, you're going to be nursing. You're going to be, you know, exhausted from new motherhood, you cannot under eat, you know, this is not going to come off overnight. And, and one of my weak moments and it, I needed to hear that. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to do the work. Just like I tell my clients to, I'm going to, I'm going to eat my words right now. You know, uh, you know, if you are doing what you need to do every day, I don't want you to be hopping on that scale because that scale is not part of your action. That's, that's an health outcome. You know, that's just like going to get your blood work done. That's not getting any brownie points. You've got to focus on the day to day. So I focused on, okay, what did I need to eat to have the best energy to be as present as I could be and to nurse my son and learned as much as I could about what his needs were going to be and just kind of really shifted, you know, and that's the biggest shift I, I hope for all my clients, especially my, my female clients is that shift that food is not a diet tool. We need it. If we don't eat as humans, we will die. And you can either thrive with what you eat or you can exist. And I think we all have such a bigger purpose than to just be here. You know, we, we, we all have that. And to know that you have that, know that worth, you're worth figuring out what's fueling your body the right way. You know, you're worth treating yourself to good food and figuring out how to work that in for you. And then also your family um, and to live out that purpose that you're given. And so that's just been a big uh, motivator for me. And it's totally revamped in a way, like I said, he's done so much for me, um, how I practice dietetics, how I can connect with my patients. Cause I think too, they also saw me, you know, we see people for the long term for the most part. Um, but they kind of saw me have to struggle. Um, you know, I, I had to cut back on my activity and we do workouts and I do videos with people and we'll do wellness challenges. And they just saw me get bigger and bigger and bigger. A lot of people got worried when I was doing the strength training with them. Um, but, but then they had to see me lose the weight. And I think that, oh my gosh, that, that helped them connect with me as well as put me back at ground zero too. 
you know, it's okay to be working the journey because let's be real, I'm at a healthy weight now. I'm, I'm in probably the best shape of my life, even pre-pregnancy, which I'm so proud to say. Um, but I'm not at the end of my goal. You know, I still have other goals to achieve and I'm not here to be perfect, but, you know, finding that consistent rhythm to be in, in your process, I think is so huge. Oh, it's so good. It's everything you're <laughs> saying. I wrote, down a, <laughs> I wrote down a quote and I was like, I need to pull that quote and post it up because that was like fire about thriving versus just existing. Um, you also mentioned how your focus shifted from what you're physically seeing. And I mean, I had the same concern going into yeah. pregnancy. I was like, I'm in really good shape right now. I love how my body looks finally. Like I, I struggled with that for so long and I was scared the first few years of marriage. Yeah. Like, How's pregnancy going to change my body? I just hear all these horror stories. Right. right. And it totally took that shift from focusing on what I was seeing to focusing on what I was doing. And I talk about that a lot, but I love how you had to keep you had to keep, you know, taking your thoughts captive and shifting them from what you're seeing on the scale in the mirror, wherever to what you can do about it, what you can do yeah, to take control of what you can control because things like timelines with weight loss and what actually you see on the scale and, yeah. you know, all of that stuff, the stretch marks on your body, you can't control a right. lot of that, but you can no. control actions that influence those things, but you can't fully control those things. So it's it's really good to hear that coming from you who has so much education and expertise in this area. Um, do you think that education, obviously you have a much deeper depth of knowledge in the area of nutrition than the average mom does, but how does that education piece, that knowledge that you had and any other woman that you've worked with? I know you, you more so work with people with their cardiovascular health, correct? Is that like the main focus of your practice? With your mom? Um, I actually get to work with a lot of different conditions. So I, you know, within our practice, um, we do anything from cancer, a lot okay. of cardiovascular and diabetes, okay. a lot of lifestyle disease, hypertension, hyperlipidemia. Um, we do have some cancers, gastrointestinal disorders. Okay. Um, and like I was, I chatted with you just a second about, I'm getting more of like the, the moms wanting to get healthy, mm -hmm. um, you know, on the family nutrition side. And then with my mom being an endurance athlete um, and myself, that background, we do have a group um, that comes on for training purposes. Cool. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So okay. To, so with that, have you found that when your clients are getting more educated themselves from you, but also I'm sure you're yeah. giving them resources and tools to like yeah. self-educate. Does, do you think that's helping them take that shift, take that, that focus from what they're seeing to what they're doing? Is that helping them? Do you think, and how does that education piece play into the, the mental game of all of this? Right. It, it's huge. Um, I would love to say everybody. Um, I think a good bit, I think our diet culture has screwed some people up. It's much harder than just giving them that, um, you know, but it eventually clicks, um, you know, and sometimes I might feel like I'm just on repeat with folks or, or keep saying the same thing or giving them the same tools. Cause I know what's going to work. Right. Um, but sometimes you have to, you have to be in the right place at the right time for, to hear things, I think, um, and, and in your moment, and we all have our, you know, our own journeys laid out ahead of us. And there's, a, there's a why to everything. I firmly believe that. So 
the timing of it, how quickly that happens, that varies. But having the education side to it is huge because there's so much in the media. Everybody's opinions are out there. Um, celebs, you know, you get, oh my gosh, the Instagram influence, you know, ads, all the things. I mean, how many hair tools have I bought because I've been, you know, <laughs> scammed? Um, you know, but it's out there with food too, right? And so, um, you know, having help navigate that, I hope helps people from what I can do. But the, I always saw them the education is empowerment, you know, for you to figure out the why certain things cause X, Y, and Z within, especially within your food is huge because that then helps you apply it to day to day versus again, like I kind of touched on, um, I hate making diet plans and most dietitians do, <laughs> which is funny because that's what thing people, most people think we do, um, because I want people to be educated and learn that side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, same thing for years. People have been like, can you just make me a workout? Tell me what to do. And I'm like, no, cause that's not going to solve your problem. And it, that's part of why I made a shift in my business and I'm doing this podcast. I'm like, you can do any workout. And technically if you're eating in some sort of healthy way that works for your body, you're going to lose weight. Like it's the, there's such a deeper issue going on. So, right. um, definitely addressing those when it comes to the nutrition in general, where should a mom start? <laughs> like to what should she focus on first to start, start making these changes in her mindset and her habits around food mm-hmm. to get going on the right path, or maybe to start healing some issues that have just been really strong in her life. Where should she start? Cause it can be very overwhelming. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, um, where should you start? <laughs> Depending on how, <laughs> depending on, you know, you know, there is that line too, you know, if you have a really unhealthy relationship with food and whether that stems from how parents, you know, people you socialized with talked about food or talked to you about how you looked in comparison with food, or, you know, there's a lot of deep seated things there. Um, and you feel that you could potentially have even disordered eating or eating disorder. That's when I think you need to get both dietetic and nutrition counseling for that. Cause that's, that's a big, big issue to help deal through. Um, but to just the general practice is there. Um, the biggest thing I would say is bring it back home. Um, so, uh, my Instagram is naturally rooted nutrition. Cause I kind of started people on my own initially, um, and then blogging, things like that, the motherhood took over, but I kept it because naturally rooted nutrition, where are your roots at? Um, so bring it back home and get in your kitchen, which is hard. That's not an easy place to start. And I know that when I tell people, um, you know, I, I, I hear it from a lot of, um, eighties, nineties kids, you know, people started to eat out more fast food, frozen dinners, on the go with more activities. It seems that's kind of where it started. So if, you know, if, if your parents didn't cook, don't get on them, they did the best they could, but if we know better, we should do better. So start to figure out, you know, some simple go-to meals for your family at home. And maybe, you know, the goal might be six days a week that you're cooking at home, but be happy with three you know, be happy with three, start with small attainable goals, um, that you uh, want to achieve over the next two weeks, month, 
you know, small amounts of time, small attainable goals, um, menu and writing it out. So that's my biggest thing. I tell people when I get them to finally write down your plan for the week to help you get to cooking more, it helps so much. Um, you know, I don't care if you work from home or out of the home, um, have one kid or five, you need to plan ahead of time because five o'clock rolls around and let's be real. All our brains are like, I don't want to make another decision today. So if you already had it made it for you, that helps and know too what nights a week you're able to do that, you know, um, bulk food too. When you're first getting started out, leftovers are your best friend when it comes to cooking at home. Cause then you're not having to do it all the time and realize too cooking. I compare to working out a lot because especially if you haven't been doing it or learning a new skill, like a, a new sport, even you have to practice, you know? So the, the cooking side of things, it is a skill and it's a mindset to have to have that around. So practicing it, it's not going to be perfect in the beginning. Eventually it will get easier. It will get better. I promise. Um, but bringing it back home and that, that one aspect of getting your food in the house at home, you're making it, get your kids involved with the menu planning side of things, your whole family, your husband, um, everybody gets to have an opinion um, and make it positive that gives them ownership of the meals too. Um, and then it also empowers them to see, Hey, mom is making this a priority. It must be important. They pick up on so much more than we realize. Oh my gosh. My, my son's about to be two at the end of May and we're getting into that scary. We got to watch what we say age, but they pick up on way more than we realize <laughs> it's scary. So I, I, you know, I think you know, just knowing that those actions, they're hard for you, but man, they're impacting your kids so, so much. And when you're looking to cooking at home, don't, I'm not into, you know, and this may, you know, I'm at the whole Instagram thing. What can you say that won't uh, get you many friends? I'm not into macro counting. I'm not into calorie counting, but I am into looking at your fiber intake because that is something everybody needs more of. And you're only going to get it from plants. You're only going to get it from whole foods, um, you know, so look at your fiber intake for the day. You know, you can easily just kind of calculate a rough estimate up, see where you're at and look at the color you have coming in. We all eat, especially kids with our eyes first. So, you know, get those fruits and veggies in and look at the different colors you have, um, you know, and so those would probably be my biggest ones to start and start decreasing the eating out the processed looking at the, those addictive foods, salt, sugar, and oil, man, it, it's, it's in our brain. It's not willpower, you know? And, and so looking at those foods that are triggering for you, um, but start there. I probably didn't give you easy points to start with, but that's where I start with people. They're not easy, but they're simple. And I like that because often it can just be a, and I think this comes to our like 180 perfection mindset that a lot of mm -hmm. women deal with is they want to be told, tell me what to do and I'll do it. I mean, I'm very much so like that. Yeah. Oh but my gosh. Yeah. If you're not fixing the bringing food into the home, cooking, focusing on like, is it processed as a whole food? And I like that you made a point about fiber because I actually have a client who she is needing to focus on that more at a later age, as opposed to like my age right now, she's a little older and that's like a huge thing that her doctor's working with her on. And I was like, wow, okay. This is like way more important. And you said that it only comes from whole foods and 
there's so many like fiber one bars and fiber cereals and this and that it's like, okay, but it's not as bioavailable as something that is literally like God made it. God made certain things for us to eat for a reason. I believe that, but, um, I just like how really it's not easy. What you suggested, not at all. Like it takes intention. It takes time. It takes changing old behaviors, but it's sorry. The jets here, (laughs) but it's simple. It's those are such simple things and it's not going to take over your life. It's not going to become all consuming. You really, I feel like that kind of approach doesn't feel restrictive. You know, you're not saying, Oh, I can't have that. I can't have that. I can have all these amazing things that are so good for my body. And they're going to actually make me feel good. Um, Do you have like an opinion on, this is something that I get kind of like excited about good for good food versus bad food. Cause it's often, or like rules around food. Oh, I can't have that. I can't have that. How do you approach that? Because there are, I mean, this is just my opinion. There are foods that are bad for us. Like on a biological level, they are not going to do our body good. They, I know when I eat them, I feel sluggish. I get headaches. I get irritable. My digestion gets thrown off. So do you, I don't want to say, do you label foods good and bad, but like, how do you look at those? How do you talk about those both to your clients, but also within your home? How do you talk about those different kinds of processed versus unprocessed foods? How do you talk about that kind of stuff? Um, (laughs) I grew up in a very, um, unfiltered (laughs) Italian opinionated women home. So I have no ability to sugarcoat anything. Um, I'm here for it. (laughs) So are the listeners there. This is the tough love mom podcast. We don't beat around the bush. So go for it. (laughs) Exactly. No, when I told my mom the name of your podcast, she was like, Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Um, but no, so I don't necessarily just go good, bad. Cause again, I think we got to know the why, um, you know, I have a very strong education on chronic lifestyle disease, but not just the reversal side of it, but how we can prevent it, which is what I'm so passionate about and what I'm hoping I'm doing within my own home. Um, Because I I touched with you too. I started off seeing people 60 over. I'm seeing folks younger and younger. Um, So I do, I do go there. I go there with, you know, foods that, okay, this has and, and with research, you know, so it's not, you know, my emotions or opinions and things like that. It's, it's, it's research-based. And I go into that with folks, you know, cause they ask me why. And I want them to ask me why, because if I know what I'm talking about, and we, we definitely found this when we were looking for care providers for our son, if I know what I'm talking about, I'm never going to be offended by you asking me questions and I'm going to want to educate you. Um, if I don't, then I'm going to get defensive. So I always want to be someone who, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you why, um, and give you the background to it. And so that's what I do for people. Um, you know, this has been linked to cause X, Y, Z. I would not recommend you have it. Um, you know, with being plant-based, um, we, and again, more adult nutrition because childhood nutrition slightly shifted within their macronutrient and, and, and vitamin and mineral needs. Um, but, you know, within adult nutrition, you know, we're looking at, you know, sources of protein, where are you getting them from? Um, we're obviously plant-based. So I'm promoting a more plant-based approach to that. So of avoiding, you know, animal proteins, meats, and as well as dairy is something that I really try to help focus on to help people get away from more. So, but I also work with people, um, on, balance, something I talk about a lot too, because that is something within our food system. That's totally rocked. There's no balance whatsoever. 
Um, I mean, you look at keto, high protein, everybody is just like, whoa, way shifted on the scales and it's, it's wrecking our health. Um, so, you know, I also am able to meet people where they're at, but I always give them my hundred percent. Number one, this is what I know to be the best option based off of clinical research, but let's see how we can work it in for you. And that's kind of how I approach it. So I never want there to be any kind of shame, but I also want people to write down. And I, when I have them food log, I don't have them write food. I have a note section. Why don't you tell me how you're feeling? And let's connect the dots. You know, if somebody's diabetic, I also have them put their blood sugar down. And then I show them why certain things are happening connected back to our food. So no, I don't, I don't shy away from this is something that should be avoided. This is something that's going to be beneficial. And I hope to, I, I hope to always more so focus on the beneficial because kind of tying back to my fiber comment, when you fill your plate with more fiber, fiber is very filling, but the foods you're choosing to add more fiber to your day are also going to be very nutrient dense fruits, vegetables, beans, lentils, whole grains, potatoes, you name it. Um, nutrient dense, going to help with cravings, fiber to help slow gastric emptying. So you're going to stay full longer and they're filling foods. So you're not going to have as much room for the junk, you know, and you're not going to be hungry. You're not going to have those cravings. And that's just kind of the, the tip of the iceberg there. But that's why I think focusing on that too is so helpful. It's like, okay, let's, let's fill up with the good stuff and then ask, why am I still reaching for X, Y, or Z? That notes, that reflection on why am I doing this is so, so insightful. And I don't go to the point of educating people on the nutrition aspect, because I don't have the depth of knowledge that you do, but I do talk to a lot of moms about when you're walking into the kitchen, you just put your kid down and you finally have a chance to stop and you're going straight to this food or that food. Just take a second, like stop yourself physically and go, why do I need this right now? Do I need it? Do I want something else? Is there a different choice I could make? Because we are so, um, what's the word impulsive to, mm-hmm. to try to push down uncomfortable feelings. I think that's a human thing to do. We don't want to mm-hmm. be uncomfortable. Our brain actually is trying to protect us from danger. So it's trying to keep us from feeling these hard feelings when, if we address them or dealt with them or actually acknowledge what, why we're doing what we're doing. It, it changes so much and it can make this nutrition aspect so much easier to approach. Yeah. So it's hard though. It's so hard. Yeah. How do you talk your son's almost too. So how are you talking to him about these colorful foods and fiber filled foods? How are you talking to him about that? Well, I always try to tell him what we're eating. Mm-hmm. So I never just slap a plate in front of him and say, eat this. I always like, you know, and that's working on vocabulary too. Yeah. Um, you know, so I always try to go through that. Um, we try not to say, oh, you don't like that. Or you do like that because their taste buds are ever evolving. And so it's okay. What didn't we like about this? You know? And again, he's on not, not talking a whole lot right now, yeah. but that's something that I try to practice a little bit you know, in a way that I can now and hope to continue because a lot of times with kids, it's texture right now. We're weird thing with like the skins on things we're not a fan of, or, you know, everybody else I see with their kids are eating like big pieces and I'm still having to cut everything up super tiny to get him to eat it. But it is what it is. Um, 
you know, and, and I try to say, and I, I don't know if he picks it up now, but you know, let's, let's eat the, this fruit, you know, to make, you know, help us not get sick and to be really energetic and, um, you know, the, the beans to make us strong and, you know, look at what daddy's eating or look at what mommy's eating and things like that and try to tie that together. So I do try a little bit now and look at the colors, you know, we talk about that, you know, cause that's again, helping in the colors. Um, but you know, what's on your plate there too. Um, and, and just how I build his meals. Um, I hope to continue to educate him more on why each section is there. Yeah. That focus on why is so important. We try to do that yeah. with our sons too. We're like, okay, what this food does for you, as opposed to what it is, eat it, you know, or it's right. good or it's not good. You know, just, it's all that. How's it going to make you feel? What's it going to do for your body? And it's cool when you do that for your kids. Sometimes I have moments. I'm like, oh, I need to be thinking this way more right. often too. It's such a good self gut check. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. They keep you honest. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Speaking of gut, can we talk really quick about how like the process, like processed foods, those cravings that we have, how that's tied to our gut and our bodies. And it's not just about this, like white knuckle it until you figure it out and you have discipline. Like how, how is all that tied together and affecting us day to day? And how can you break free from that? Cause it can, that's a hard road to, to travel sometimes to get out of that cycle. Yes. So for starters, do not panic when you start to add more fiber in your diet. And you all of a sudden are using the restroom more frequently because I have gotten a lot of scared text messages and emails like, what's happening? And I'm like, it's okay. Give it a couple of weeks. We'll be good. Right. It's like, um, it's, it's like the second someone starts changing something and it doesn't go the way it's not like ideal right away. There's a moment of yeah. panic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's normal. <laughs> yeah. This, this is normal. This is what should be happening. So fiber huge. Um, we are just really, I think, tapping into our gut microbiome and all that it is connected to within the research out there. And I find it fascinating. Um, and so it is just, it's incredible. So, I mean, with all this, you know, um, past couple of years, uh, within the pandemic and everything, I've been talking to people a lot about their gut microbiome because 70% of our immune system is within our gut. Um, you know, we have, good bacteria, bad bacteria, but that's basically anybody used to talk to, you know, if you took an antibiotic, okay, you got to eat some yogurt. So we build up the good bacteria, but no one really talked about why or what that means. And so all the probiotic pills in the world cannot help you. If you're feeding those good guys, those good gut bacteria, processed, high sugar, high salt, high oil, inflammatory food, and not enough fiber. So fiber is a prebiotic it's helping to feed your good gut bacteria. So we want the home team, the good guys to be lifting all the weights, running as fast as they can, as strong and as thriving as they can. They, you know, our our gut microbiome thrives also on consistency. So staying as consistent as you can with your intake, with a high fiber diet, trying to avoid those, those processed words on those labels that no one knows even what they are, because it's also been shown that within a 24 hour period, you can have a dramatic shift now good or bad within your gut microbiome. Um, so they've actually swapped, um, bacteria from people who come from similar cultures, but um, practicing very different, uh, diet lifestyles, specifically, uh, one that I use with patients is 
a plant-based diet versus a standard American diet. And they, um, from an, uh, an indigenous African culture, and they've looked at their gut microbiome, one being more, um, there's bacteria that is more anti-inflammatory um, that is really linked to decreased risk of cardiovascular disease. And then there are bacteria out there who are more inflammatory and actually can be indicative of cardiovascular health. So when they had them eat their normal diet that they've been eating pretty much their whole lives, looked, pulled out their gut bacteria, observed it. Then they swapped their diet for a few days. Then they took and looked at stool samples again and their gut microbiome. And they saw dramatic changes to a more inflammatory state by adding in more of the high oils, high protein, high processed foods with folks who had otherwise a very thriving gut microbiome that I hope is positive, not negative. Like, oh my gosh, I got to be perfect all the time, but no, but it's those consistent steps and changes you make are going to make a big, big improvement. Fiber wakes up sleepy intestines. So yes, you are going to have to go to the restroom more frequently, but that's a good thing. Colorectal cancer is something that is significantly on the rise, not just with men anymore, but with women as well. Don't let it wait until you're in your sixties and go for your first, you know, everybody says, go get your colonoscopies or go get your mammograms. And, you know, again, one of those things that may not make me run to friends, but you know, exposing yourself to excess procedures and radiation without looking at what you can do to prevent in the first place is crazy, but we've been conditioned to do that. Look at it now, because my mom has a really great talk um, that she starts with an empty garage, a photo of an empty garage that we teach in one of our um, nutrition classes. We all start out with that when we're born, this empty garage nothing in it. Like when you move into your, a new home over the years, we all collect junk and oh my gosh, our garage and attic right now, I don't even want to talk about it, but you know, look at somebody who, you know, kids are grown out of the house. It's just stuffed with junk at the beginning. When you add things, it doesn't make a big difference. You don't really notice it, but eventually stuff starts to spill out and fall out. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do something about this. Very similar to our health. When you're young, you can eat all the candy and junk food and not care about what you have coming in your body. You know, college, you may start to kind of feel it, but most people still kind of think they're invincible. 30s, maybe tinkering around with feeling it. 40s, definitely people are like, oh, you know, but I'm just getting older. By the time 50 rolls around, people start getting diagnosed with lifestyle disease. Um, and eventually it all adds up. So what you do now, especially within what you're feeding your gut matters for down the road. You know, we all start out with our gut microbiome very much so linked to our moms, but depending on what we're exposed to nutritionally, environmentally, we select specifically for it. So even identical twins can have very different gut microbiomes based off of what their intake is like. And then if they move apart from each other, where they are environmentally. So you get to choose that, but that's empowering, right? So when you actively make a choice, you're positively again, or negatively influencing your health state of your gut, which is connected to so many aspects of our health. Um, you know, so fiber, don't just pop those probiotic pills. I'd actually have you swap them for fermented foods 
few times a week, um, you know, to get you started. If you're having digestive issues, if you're not, just try to incorporate them in as you can throughout the month um, and fiber, 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 fiber. And if we're going to increase the fiber, do yourself a favor and stay hydrated because that'll make things a whole lot smoother as well. Pardon the, the pun there, but yeah. <laughs> it's important though, because that's what people freak out about. <laughs> Yes. I talk way too much poop with people. They're like, I don't want to, I don't mean to talk with you about this. I know your dietitian. I was like, listen, I talk as much about what goes in as what comes out. So give me your best stuff. You're like, I don't know if I talk about poop more with my child or like, a, you know, when it pertains to my child versus pertaining to my yes. work. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. So funny. I think it's interesting too. I started to notice this after having preeclampsia, um, with my first, because my mindset wise, I was a lot more stressed than I'd ever Mm -hmm. been in my life. And I also was coping with food a lot. And I think those things, like looking back after the fact, I look back and I go, wow, I think a lot of that was tied together. And I also came to learn that conditions that arise in pregnancy can indicate issues you might have later on down the road. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, (laughs) that's not going to be my story. I'm not going to have high blood pressure issues by choice. If it happens, like I'm going to control what I can control. And if I can keep that off the table, I'm going to keep it off the table. And that's when I got really intentional and focusing on not what I was seeing outwardly, like that focus on the physical, what I was seeing, but more so, okay, what am I doing to control this? How can I stay on top of this potential lifestyle issue down the road because of what I chose to do? What can I choose to do now to keep that from being my story? And it's been a huge motivator for me to focus on these things and learn about these things and actually implement them even when it's not easy to do. And so I really appreciate you talking about all of that because it can be really easy to be like, well, it's not hurting me right now today, but you know, if you keep doing that, it's going to be easier to do. And it's going to be easier to keep going down that easy path, which hits you hard later on. Right. No one wants that. We really don't. No. And I, it kills me when I have folks say who aren't ready for that message, who aren't mm-hmm. ready to know. Cause I don't, I truly don't think people know how good they can feel sometimes. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll get, well, everybody's going to die of something. And it's like, yeah. And you know, we're not in control. The big man upstairs, he knows when that's going to happen, but yeah. you also it goes back to that purpose side of things. And it's like, don't you want to thrive while you're here? Yeah. You know, th- there's a better option. And I hope that gives hope to people, you mm-hmm. know, um, that, you know, like you said earlier, it's like, I want to, I have these beautiful children. I want to be around for a long time, you know, God willing. And it's same here, sister, you know, and, and be able to see that, th- that, that ministry through of motherhood um, to its fullest. So now the long game and nutrition is a long game. And I was just yeah. <laughs> looking at, I followed uh, two dietitians, um, uh, plant-based juniors on Instagram. And I love their stuff. I love their, they have a really good cookbook. I'm not no affiliation with them, <laughs> but some really awesome tips and nutrition in there. Um, but she posted something yesterday that was just that nutrition is the long game. Yeah. You know, so thinking about your kids, you know, some days they're going to be picky. When we travel, Caleb is on like a food strike, but our go-tos are bread and bananas. The kid would live on them exclusively for the rest of his life. I'm convinced. 
Um, and it's, I always, you know, especially I think knowledge can be bad. I start to panic, right? First time mom. Yeah. Um, but like, same with us too. Like, you know, when things aren't perfect, you know, don't stress out about that either, but realize the long game. Mm-hmm. you know, realize what we're in it for. We're not in it just for the swimsuit season in three months or the wedding and 12 weeks that someone wants me to help them lose weight for, you know, that's well and good, you know, be what it may, but know the long game we're in it for. Um, and that, that doesn't have to be limiting. It Amen. doesn't have to be limiting. And that's the biggest, I think, mindset shift that you have to have is this is someone, no one's doing this to you. This is a choice. And I truly believe with more that's getting out there within nutrition education, we know better. We've got to do better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. I could keep talking to you forever. I'm going to have to have you back on a hundred percent for sure. Cause I know my listeners are going to be like, give, bring her back. Give me more of Addie. Um, <laughs> I feel like you've done this the whole time, but the definition of tough love is, um, love expressed in a straightforward manner because you care about someone's well-being. You're just going to shoot straight to them because you care about their physical health, their mental health, emotional health. It's just all important. You care too much to beat around the bush and not just tell them the truth. So with that in mind, is there one like last final summary type encouragement that you'd want to leave these moms with today? Oh, I know it's a big ask. It is a big ask. (laughs) I mean, I think what you do matters. So I think within motherhood, and I only have one, um, not only, you know, they're, they're a handful by themselves. Um, You can get really caught up in the rat race of the day-to-day, that hamster Mm -hmm. wheel. And some days you might not think that it matters. And you're just somebody's, you know, personal chef, or you, you know, are just somebody's laundromat or, you know, just trying to make it through day to day. You know, am I making an impact? You are, but you have to impact you. And that's not selfish. And what you do for you matters because it also is going to be reflective for what you do for your family. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to live and breathe it for you to live and breathe it for them. Um, and again, I think my mom's like the most incredible person ever. Um, I'm one of those weird people who's, you know, like that with their mom, I guess. Same. <laughs> she, she, oh, good. Um, so she just like kind of, um, put it as the other day for me, like when you're on the airplane and they tell you, you have to put your mask on first to help others. And they always go around to the moms and tell them, okay, you have to put yours on first before you put it on the kid. You got to do the same thing for you. So that doesn't mean that you have to put their nutrition at bay. Cause I think you got to do both all together and it's got to be a united front for the family and doing that puts you all on the same team, but it really makes you realize that what you do matters Yeah. every single day, show up, try your best. It's not going to be perfect, but what you do with your nutrition is not just going to matter today, but it's going to affect your kids when they're 20, when they're 40, when they're 50. And it's just going to be this beautiful, positive cycle. Now, can we control what they do when they become, you know, crazy teenagers? No, Um, but give that foundation, but build it for yourself too. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, Addie. Thank you so much. Where? Oh my gosh, thank you. (laughs) This is so, I just, I know I'm going to sit down with my kids and my husband this weekend and 
be like, Hey, let's get more attention about mealtime because it, I can let it slip. I get caught up in the rat race too. Oh gosh, so yeah. it's so, I'm so grateful that you brought it back home and just, it's like, it's like refreshing, but also a call to action in the fact that there is more we can do and not in a way that you need to do more. It's just, there's more we can do and it's important work. So thank you for that word. So good. Um, where can everyone follow you and just continue to be encouraged by you and, um, everything. Um, well, I, I, I have my Instagram, so it's naturally nutrition. Um, there I, I post a little bit more about life and me now than just food. So you get a deeper dive into our zoo. You want to get an um, hour though. She's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Stop. Thank you. Um, so you can start with us there. Our practice is drdelaney.com. That's the website I should say. Yeah. And I'll um, link and this on below too. So they okay, can perfect. go click. Yeah. So there you can subscribe. I do a monthly newsletter. Um, that always has a new yummy recipe, but we do blog postings, things like that as well. Um, and then if you're looking for some uh, plant-based meals to incorporate in your life, and I always tell people, you don't have to be labeled plant-based to have plant-based food. Cause if you put yeah. fruits and veggies on your plate, they're plant-based spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a cookbook. Um, so that is um, on Amazon, um, plant-based wellness cookbook, three generations, um, the doctor, the dietitian, and the diva, the diva being my nanny. Um, in every sense of the word. And, uh, so you can, if you need little helpful tips there, you can check out the cookbook, but, uh, I'd be happy to be your friend on Insta. So, uh, send me the, the DM there. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to, to come snoop on me and I can snoop on you. Awesome. Thank you so <laughs> yeah. much, Addie, for being on today. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Liz. And thanks for doing this. I, I told her ahead of time, but my gosh, y'all she's blessing you big with this podcast. I just think it is such a need and it's just beautiful what you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely. Wow. Wasn't that awesome? I think we need to have Addie back on the podcast for show because I feel like there's so much more we could have gotten into. Uh, Definitely email me questions. My email's down below in the show notes. If you've got extra questions for her, we might be working on some stuff to just have her bring you more information. Uh, Definitely another podcast episode, but um, make sure you're, you're in the Tough Love Mom Squad because I might be bringing her in there to serve you guys a little bit more. But nonetheless, some of my favorite takeaways today, and I I think I said this during the interview, but I am 100% going to be more intentional in the coming weeks to make it a habit to sit down with my family and meal plans, such a hefty word, but like plan our dinners so we can actually sit down. And what's cool about that is it fosters communication as a family too, which we can miss a lot. And it's something that in our day and age so fast, everyone's got stuff going on. Sometimes we'll just sit down and eat. I mean, there's so many aspects to actually sitting down and having a meal together that I think are beneficial. And so I love that. (laughs) I definitely got that out of this conversation. That's something I'm going to be more intentional about a few other points that she made that I just absolutely loved. One was that food is a tool, not an obstacle. That was so good. It is. It really is a tool. And we can't We can't go super, super, super long without it. Like we do need food. As she said, we need food to actually live. If we don't have food, we will die. But if we're choosing foods, the foods we choose are either going to help us thrive or just exist. I mean, that was a mic drop moment. We could have just stopped right there. Obviously we kept going, but it was so good. And then my biggest takeaway, and I feel like it just so aligns with what I want you to do when it comes to your habits and what you're trying to do as a mom postpartum in your journey 
is to stop focusing on what you're physically seeing in the mirror, on the scale, wherever, and start focusing on what you're physically doing for your body. Because when we make that shift, we take our focus away from results and we put our focus towards the process. And it's in that that we really start to grasp and hold on to and trust in why we're doing this and actually start to understand why we're doing this and not just what we want out of it. Mm, It was so good. If you were touched by this episode in any way today or had a huge major just epiphany, like light bulb moment, or had a takeaway that really hit home, if you were encouraged, whatever part of this episode spoke to you, make sure you go let Addie know, like go shoot her a DM on Instagram, her Instagram's below. Or what you can also do, which is even easier, is screenshot this right now. Take a little screenshot. Okay, you did it. Take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories just with a little summary of what you took away from this episode most, because I bet there's a mom following you who would be just something in her life would be so touched by this, this interview and this conversation today. So go do that. Make sure you tag Addie. You can tag me too if you want, but definitely make sure you tag Addie so she knows the impact she made on you today. And again, take one thing away from this episode, start living it out, be intentional about it, come back to this episode as you need to, to start, just take something different away and start to implement something different. Because when we do that, that's when we make change. We can keep it simple. We really can pick one starting point, start there, keep it simple, keep it consistent and go get after it. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review letting me know how this show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.